Side Hustle to Small Business is brought to you by Hiscox Insurance. Hiscox understands small business insurance isn't like other insurance. To learn more about how Hiscox Insurance can protect your business, go to Hiscox.com. Hiscox, encourage courage. And at that time, one of the things I was worried about was like, how? How is this going to happen? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, it could seem like a lot of details and whatnot. But when I noticed that come up, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to go down that path. Instead, I'm going to trust that this wouldn't have fell into my lap if it wasn't time and it wasn't meant for me to play this role right now. And so I really let go of the how. I let go of focusing on the how. And I just was focused on this is what I'm doing. And I know this is where I'm meant to be and the role I'm meant to play in this given moment. Welcome to Side Hustle to Small Business. I'm Lou Casal. On this show, I talk with entrepreneurs who chased after a dream without any idea of how it would turn out. Let's face it, nothing great is achieved without risk. Do you have what it takes? Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about passion. Having a passion for something has served as the spark that has launched countless companies. And that's what today's episode is all about, how a passion can turn into a business. Today, you'll meet Claire Zavko. Claire is the owner of Lighthouse Yoga and Wellness. I talk with Claire about how she discovered her passion, why she took that passion to the next level, and how she approaches the day-to-day responsibilities of being a business owner. Claire, welcome to Side Hustle to Small Business. Thank you, Lou. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's great to have you on the show because today we're going to talk about the role passion plays in business. You know, a lot of businesses are born from a personal passion of the founder, and your story is a great example of how a passion can actually turn into a business. So why don't we pick up your story as you were about to graduate from college? You had been an athlete your entire life. You played college basketball, and I suppose the thought of not having a next season to look forward to as an athlete was on your mind, but then fate stepped in and you discovered yoga. So on a personal level, can you share a little bit more about the experience of being introduced to yoga? And in terms of your career, what were your plans coming out of college? So at that time, I had played sports my whole life and particularly basketball for a very long time. So I remember that when I was graduating college, I felt this emptiness that I had really identified myself as a basketball player for so long. And when, you know, the ball stopped bouncing, I really wasn't sure what was necessarily next. And I wasn't really sure who I was because I really had that whole identity around playing this particular sport. So when that was gone, it was kind of a very strange time for me. And it was right around that time serendipitously when my aunt brought me into try a yoga class. And I didn't really know much about it and hadn't had any previous experience with it. But right away when I took that first yoga class, I was amazed by how challenging it was. And I was so challenged in my physical body, but in a very different way, because I'd always been challenged through sports and weightlifting and running faster and, and all those types of things. But once I did the yoga, there was something else that it was very challenging in this new way. And it was intriguing that it really made me want to try it more and to explore it a little more. So that's what got me into the first yoga class and got me to start taking more on my own. And then professionally, you know, I knew college had finished and I always did love being a student. I loved the learning environment. So I did know that I did want to go back to school eventually. I wasn't necessarily in a rush to go right away. And so me personally, I was looking at considering law school and also considering an MBA. 
And when I started to research the programs, one of the first things that stood out to me was most people getting their MBAs go work in the field for five years or so and then come back later. Compared to law school, usually people go at a, a younger age. So in the end, I ended up being more drawn to the law school route, but I did take two years off from when I finished college to when I ended up choosing to go to law school during that time. So fast forward and you're an attorney, but you continued to grow your knowledge of yoga and that eventually turned into a side hustle. How did that happen? After I initially took that first class, I started becoming a practitioner of yoga and I started practicing for seven or years or so. And it was finally now I finished law school. And when I finished after passing the bar exam, which was one of the hardest tests I had ever taken in my life at that point, I really was in this place where I felt like, like I could do anything. You know, I can really accomplish anything right now. And that's when I was drawn to take a teacher training, a yoga teacher training. So just out of law school, I take my first yoga teacher training with no intention to become a yoga teacher. I really just was having these eye-opening, profound experiences on the mat. And so I knew if I took a teacher training that I could go deeper and have a more in-depth experience with these sacred practices. So that's what I did. I took a teacher training and the particular training I took was a two-week intensive course. So it was just all day long, every day. Then the effect of that was once I finished my teacher training, I was so inspired and I felt more me than I ever had before. And I had experienced and explored new parts of myself that I didn't necessarily even know existed at that point. And so when I came out of teacher training, I couldn't help but share. I wanted to share. So when I came back to Miami after taking the training, I started teaching a public community class just once a week because I couldn't hold all these amazing tools within. I wanted to get them out there. So I was now practicing law and then teaching one yoga class in the park a week to just share the yoga love. At that time, were you actively trying to recruit new students or was the growth organic and just word of mouth? So at that time, it was pretty organic and I was working with a local foundation that did provide yoga classes in numerous public parks and I was at one of the locations. And I did that for a couple of years. I did that for about two years and, and it was great and relevant. And then though I felt that I kind of plateaued in my own teaching and I felt that I was saying the same things and I only had so much yoga knowledge to share and yoga experiences to share. So at that point, that was the inspiration for me to take a second yoga teacher training. And so that's when I went to a, a local studio in Miami and took an additional teacher training. And that particular teacher training was called a Raja yoga teacher training, which meant that there was different teachers coming in each weekend over 10 weeks. And through that training, I got exposure to 10 different lineages of yoga. And it was perfect at that time because at that time, I had already knew how to teach relatively. And so now being exposed to all these new lineages just totally lit me up that now I could pick and choose which one I wanted to explore further. So coming out of that training now, a couple of years later, the studio that I was at, they asked me, they said, hey, do you want to teach here? And again, I was so inspired. It was just a yes, of course. But again, it wasn't something I was looking for. It was just natural. And then quickly, the one class turned into two, turned into three. And before you know it, I was suddenly teaching four yoga classes at that studio. Wow. What was it like switching gears between being an attorney by day and then a yoga instructor on nights and weekends? So I'd say at that time, it was a challenge for me because at that time, I didn't see the complementariness between the two aspects of myself. So I really had this like rigid go-getter 
hardworking lawyer aspect of me that was grinding all day. And then at night I was like softening and connecting and opening, you know, with the community. And I was really feeling it kind of as two different aspects of myself at that time. And like, I'd say my attorney colleagues probably didn't even necessarily know I was doing yoga at that time. And my yoga students probably didn't even know I was an attorney. And that was just at that time, I didn't see the the interconnection. So it wasn't the easiest, but it was totally like different aspects of myself. And they were very different at that time. How did the whole idea of running your own yoga studio come about? That's a big leap from going to teaching a few classes a week to actually owning your own studio. Can you talk a little bit about how that idea of just owning your own yoga studio came about? Definitely. So what happened is I was teaching a lot at this point. I'm teaching now four or five classes a week, still a practicing attorney. And at this time in my my yoga journey, I really started to get into meditation. And I had taken another advanced teacher training, a 300-hour teacher training in India. And I learned a meditation technique that I really started practicing. And through this daily meditation practice, I started to become clear and receive a lot of clarity on really who I am and what the gifts I have to share in this world. And it became really clear to me one time in meditation that some gifts of mine are to create and to teach. And that's the clarity I received. However, it was unclear what that would look like and what that really meant. So I wasn't really attached to what that meant and how it would play out, but I knew that that's what I'm here to do. So now in the the yoga aspect, I was having a conversation with someone related to the studio and they mentioned that this particular studio was going to be closing soon. And I taught at their studio. And so the moment I heard that, I literally felt sick to my stomach. And I was not in this moment thinking in my mind, I was just reacting to this visceral experience I was having. And what I said was, I said, is that the only option? Does it really have to close? Because I felt so connected to the studio and this community that it didn't sit well in my body for it to be closing. And so I had a conversation with the owner and she said, well, you know, I could sell it. So we proceeded through that conversation and I asked how much the price was and the price was doable once I heard it. And so it was just the moment that it felt like now things are coming full circle and that the clarity I had to teach and to create. Now this would be a space where I could do just that. And so it it was like a no brainer that it was just time And it was time to make that leap. So I had the the pleasure of being able to inherit a studio that was already operating and simply take it over. So for me, that was was a, a divine arrangement that made it a very smooth transition. We'll be right back after a quick break. Side Hustle to Small Business is brought to you by Hiscox Insurance. Hiscox, the business insurance experts who tailor intelligent insurance solutions to fit each business's very specific needs. Get a quote or purchase a policy at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, encourage courage. Welcome back. When we pick up with Claire, she is now the proud owner of a yoga studio. It's time to grow the business. So let's go back to the first year of you operating the yoga studio. Every business has operational issues. What were some of the operational issues you had to deal with and and how did you handle them? So in the yoga business, it is a a service business. So one of the challenges is that we have to have clients, you know, we have to have students and students move into town and move out and new jobs and, you know, all kinds of things happening. So what's important in our business is that we keep a solid membership 
and keep members and people committed to the studio. So I'd say one of the challenges I've experienced in year one is, you know, how do we get members? How do we retain members? And how do we cultivate those relationships? And what we've experienced at our studio is once people are in the studio, they they love it. You know, there's something very special about our community and, and what we're creating at the studio. But we are like in an office building and we're up on the third floor. So we don't have any foot traffic. That was a challenge for us that like, how do we even let people know we exist? Because once they exist, they're loving the service and they're loving the yoga and the product. But we did experience challenges on just how to get our name out there. You know, marketers are referred to it as customer loyalty. So can you talk a little bit more about how you've gone about building those deeper connections with your students to to keep them engaged in, in yoga and your studio? So at the studio, we have multiple teachers. We have classes every day. We have classes offered at different hours of the day. So one of the things we do to keep people involved and excited is just to have those different offerings. So some people gel with a certain teacher or a certain style of yoga, and we have a few different styles being offered. So by having the variety of options, that seems to keep people interested and keep people open to trying new things. And then another aspect of it too is that, you know, as the studio owner, you know, I'm playing this role of owner and really the studio is going to be a reflection of, of myself and my journey. And so one thing, me as a lifelong student is I am always learning. I love to learn. I continue taking trainings. I continue to study. And so I've seen as I do that, this studio reflects that back. So as I grow as a human being, the studio grows as an entity. And so I do go to India once or twice or maybe even three times in the year. And, and I'm going to study more and to learn more and to take advanced trainings. And when I step away, even though I'm not physically in the space for a couple of weeks, I always notice that there's like immense growth happening while I'm away. And it's interesting because it's maybe counterintuitive that it's like, I'm not thinking about it necessarily every moment for those two weeks or three weeks while I'm away. But because my energy is there and because my heart is there and then I'm doing my own inner work, now that's just a reflection that the business grows when I'm away. And it's really a beautiful thing that I've experienced many times. As you talk about that, the word mindset comes to mind and mindset is important when you're trying to reach any goal. I'm just curious, as part of those trainings, did you ever seek out any advice from any of the yoga instructors or, or mentors on how to get into the right state of mind to be a business owner? Yes. So the teacher I study with is Anand Mahotra, and he has been an incredible guide on my personal journey, on the yoga journey, and also now on the business journey. And so I periodically do consult with him, and it's always been very useful. And that was one of the things that he told me. He told me, he said, you never have to worry about your business growing. He said, your task is for you to grow. If you grow, the business will grow. When he said that, I really took it to heart and I decided that I'm not going to worry about all those details and every little last thing that, you know, that's not where my energy is best served, that my energy is best served in, you know, continuing to connect and stay devoted to the practices themselves and my practice, and then being inspired to then share it with students and the community. And that has been successful over the last almost three years now. You're a first-time business owner. Were there any unexpected challenges that surprised you? So I am a first-time business owner, and that was part of when I decided to purchase the studio at the time it arose, that I wasn't sure at all how it would play out. 
You know, and the interesting thing is I actually wasn't looking to own a yoga studio. I necessarily didn't even want to own a yoga studio because I had a pretty full plate with as a practicing attorney. So I wasn't even sure how it would work out, how it could work out. And that was one of the things that I had the opportunity to really surrender to right away, right immediately, that from the moment I had the conversation to buy the studio to when we actually shifted the papers and signed the lease and everything was very quickly. It was just over a couple week period. And I remember this is now September, 2016. And at that time, one of the things I was worried about was like, how, how is this going to happen? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, it could seem like a lot of details and whatnot, but when I noticed that come up, I was like, I'm not going to go down that path. Instead, I'm going to trust that this wouldn't have fell into my lap if it wasn't time and it wasn't meant for me to play this role right now. And so I really let go of the how. I let go of focusing on the how, and I just was focused on this is what I'm doing, and I know this is where I'm meant to be and the role I'm meant to play in this given moment. And so the coolest thing that I found very quickly in that first month was I didn't need to know the how because I was so supportive that the previous owner was supportive of me. The teachers that I inherited were supportive of me. The manager I inherited was supportive of me. And then also the community. Everyone wanted me, which meant the studio, to succeed. And so feeling that unexpectedly so quickly reiterated that, like, yes, this is meant to be. The how will work itself out. You know, I'm going to step step back and let the divine take care of the details. I don't literally have time to focus on all those little worries. So I'm just going to let this this yoga studio, this business start to, to run itself essentially. And while you're doing all this, you, you still have the day job and you're still practicing law, but then you accepted an opportunity to become a full-time law professor. So I think, you know, what my next question is going to be when you took on that new position, what kind of impact did it have on how you managed the operations of the yoga studio? So it was another moment where now the yoga studio has been operating about two years. So the yoga studio had stabilized under the new owner and under this new brand. And then the opportunity came to take a full-time professor position at a local university. And what's interesting is now because of my yoga journey, I had experienced no longer seeing myself as those two separate aspects, lawyer and yoga teacher that I used to see myself as. I started seeing myself as, you know what, I'm just whole. And there are different things I'm doing. And I have always loved teaching. I've always loved to create. So when the opportunity arose to teach at the university, it was another like no brainer. It was just like, yes, it is time. Again, I have no idea how I can have a full-time job and how I can run a yoga studio, but I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to choose to see that again, this was created because I'm ready for it. And because I'm now seeing myself as one complete being, now these opportunities are coming to me and they're also complete as well. So when I started this full-time professor position about a year ago, I always chose to see that these two things are going to complement each other. And they, they quickly did. You know, so the one thing that I have to be as a business owner is I have to be very efficient with my time. So, you know, I've set up my schedule accordingly that four days I'm at the university. When I'm at the university, I'm fully here. Three days a week, I'm at the yoga studio. When I'm at the yoga studio, I'm fully there. And then they complement one another. And both environments, whether I'm in the yoga studio or in a classroom, it's that same thing. I'm just teaching and creating, which was that clarity I received a few years ago in meditation. So I don't see these two things at all as separate. 
I just see them as two unique expressions. And that's how it's really felt. So I really feel and have felt the past year, like this full circle aspect that has came to all of it. And finally, the masculine, the doing, the legal stuff, and then the feminine, the being, the yoga have like met. And at this point, I feel even more me than ever before. And these are just two expressions of ways that I'm expressing myself. And they are perfectly complementary. You know, in the, in the spirit of teaching, when it comes to running your own business, what are some of the lessons you've learned along the way that you could share with other entrepreneurs out there who are thinking about either beginning a side hustle and or trying to start their own business? So for me and from my experience, I really love this. I really love being at the yoga studio and I even love at the university. So because I love it, and even though if you you know looked at how many hours I'm working, it's probably like all the time. And technically, I probably don't have a day off. However, like I love it so much, I would really do it anyways. Whether someone was paying me or not, I would do it. And I feel like that's so much of the passion. That's so much of the energy behind it. And the fact that I am getting paid to do these things, then that's incredible. But it's like, if I didn't have that innate love for what I'm doing behind it, I feel like any side hustle would be hard to make into a business. So from my experience, like the reason how the side hustle became the business was because I truly just love it so much and am so passionate about it. So, you know, to anyone out there that's thinking, you know, I have this thing I'm passionate about and I'm thinking of how to turn it into a business, what comes to me to address that question is just like, yeah, if you keep loving, like pursue what you love, like that's why we're here, that there's a quote out there and I can't remember who said it, but the quote is essentially like, what fires you up? What lights you up? Well, go do that. Like we need more people in this world that have come alive. And so what I'm doing right now, again, the studio and the teaching, it just, I just come alive. So that's why it's growing. That's why it's successful because I'm alive. I'm fully alive when I'm teaching and when I'm at the studio. So that's been the key for me that wake up, become alive, love what you do. And then it will just evolve as it needs to in the, the divine time. You know, in the, in the spirit of what we've talked about today, I'm going to ask you a question that's a first for this show. When you're running a business, there'll be good days and there'll be bad days. So how do you find balance? Great question. So there are definitely those challenging days. And, and I've had a few recently where it's, you know, things for me don't go as expected. And then so it's like, oh man, like it almost feels like things are crashing, you know, crashing down. The beautiful thing about yoga is through yoga, we have a lot of techniques. So when I experience those days that are just like, man, nothing is going right today, I just go back to the techniques. So I go back to my current breath, you know, and I go back to the, the knowing that, that everything ebbs and flows. So it's like, yes, I'm feeling challenged today. However, I know after I sleep tonight, I likely won't feel challenged tomorrow. So I just remember the teachings themselves and just come back to my home, come back to my center, which is the current breath, and take that pause that at any moment, any single person in the, the least stress or the most stress, at any single moment, any person can pause and take one or maybe a few conscious breaths. And for me, by just that visceral check-in moment, any stress, anxiety, challenging I'm experiencing already starts to subside. It's like now I can feel expansion in my body and I can kind of see whatever I was looking at with a little bit broader perspective. 
And the moment I have that broader perspective, that challenge, oh, maybe it's not a challenge. It's actually an opportunity. It's an opportunity for me. It's an opportunity for the studio. It's an opportunity for multiple people to grow. So by me just using the techniques, they've been life-saving, basically, to just keep coming back to that moment, the breath, the silence, the stillness, and allowing my own perspective to expand beyond a limited, single, challenging moment or day. I've heard you say that, and I'm quoting you here, paraphrasing you here, yoga is more than just being on the mat for an hour. Can you talk about what that means to you and, and how you put that into practice as a business owner? Of course. So, and this wasn't something I experienced when I took my first yoga class. You know, this is now after 15, 16 years of studying and practicing these teachings and particularly what we share at our yoga studio that we, every single day, have the opportunity and are choosing to make the shift and making the shift from practicing yoga for 60 minutes on a mat to living our yoga. And if we look at what yoga really means, yoga means union. So what does that mean? That means being in union in every moment. And then with the thing though, is with every moment, every moment is not going to be pleasant. We will have pleasant moments. Also, we're going to have unpleasant moments. But the real yoga is, the living our yoga, the being the yoga is in those moments that are unpleasant, how can I still be there? How can I not resist this moment? Because if I do resist it, now I'm making the resistance even build. So how can I just notice I'm feeling resistance in this moment, witness that, come to the techniques, and be in union with whatever it is? So living our yoga more than just a class is in every moment. When someone comes into the studio, I'm asking them their name. I'm looking them in the eye. If they're open to it, I'm giving them a hug. You know, so that's the yoga. That There's a human being that's been called and drawn to our studio. You know, I'm playing this role of owner. And so I want to connect with them. And not only through physically jumping around on our mat, but I want to connect with them as a human being that, you know, everyone here, every human, what we really want when we boil it down is we seek love and we seek belonging. So to really be the yoga and live the yoga, how can me or one show up in every moment in that space that how can I connect with others? How can I uplift the moment? How can I really be the yoga? And again, not that it's all easy, not that it's all simple and everything's kumbaya. I'm not saying that. Life is still challenging. Life still has its ups and flows. Life has those hard moments. But in those hard moments, can I remember that it's possible to be in union with a hard moment? And that's really the yoga. So, you know, from the teachings and the way we embody it in our studio and in our space, it's really about that, that we are practicing the techniques at all times. And we're, we're actually attempting to practice them even more off the mat. That on the mat in the hour, we might get exposed to some new things, but then the real yoga actually leaves when we begin. You know, can we still drive home mindfully and not cut someone off? You know, when we have our conversation now with whomever the next human being we see, our partner, our spouse, our friend, can we still retain that peace that we cultivated on the mat? Can we not explode the moment we see our child? You know, whatever it may be. And that's, you know, the next level, the depth of the yoga that continues like a lotus to, to unfold. An entrepreneur will always tell you there's, there's no way to know what it's like to run your own business until you've actually done it. Having said that, what has surprised you the most about running your own yoga studio? What has surprised me the most is 
going back to again that how that the more I continually just really let go of not needing to figure it out, the way the details do unfold is so beautiful. And it's kind of like if I would have tried to figure it out and insert my way of how the details needed to unfold, it probably wouldn't have been so beautiful. So the thing I've seen and experienced over the last couple of years, like as we had a management shift, as we had ups and downs with members, as we had, you know, other business related issues that in all those moments when I wanted to get stressed or like I could easily just drop into stress or anxiety to like take a step back. And it's been beautiful to really see how the studio has really taken care of itself and it, it just has a life of its own and that I care about it dearly. Our teachers care about it dearly as well as our community. So it's like, I know I'm not in this alone. And just like it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a village to have a successful studio and a successful business. And I've felt that happening. And, you know, another aspect of how we share our yoga is we offer a community class in a local park each week. And to that class, we get a great crowd. And every week we have 10, 20 new people that have never done yoga. So there's this also like beautiful aspect that even though we're this hidden gym in this office building, we're out in our community on the ground being seen every week. And that's another place where we felt that too, that it's like our community is supporting us. Like I feel hugged by like the community and the space and the particular town Miami Lakes that we're in is, is just such a beautiful town that really loves being the town that we are. It's been such a treat to watch the full circle support viscerally be felt. Claire, it has been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you for your time, Lou. I really appreciate it. I was thinking about the advice Claire's yoga instructor gave to her when she became a business owner. He said, if you grow as a human being, the business will grow. Entrepreneurs don't start off with all the skills that are required to run a business. They learn, they adapt, they fail, they get back up again, they find balance, they pivot, and they grow. If you're pursuing a personal passion as a business, I don't think you should ever make the case to second-guess yourself. Even if it doesn't work out exactly the way you'd envisioned it, you're living your passion and doing something you love. You're learning and growing along the way. A lot of entrepreneurs would say, that's a risk worth taking and a dream worth chasing. That's our show for today. If you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe, rate us, and write a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps new listeners find the show, and we greatly appreciate your support. If you know someone who has a great side hustle to small business story to share, drop us a line at hiscox.com slash side hustle to small business. Side hustle to small business is produced by Hiscox Insurance. I'm Lucas Al. It's time to stop listening and start hustling. This podcast is provided as general information only and is not intended to be business, insurance, or legal advice for any particular person or entity.